is absolutely pertinent to be having some great um, uh, music uh, in the background as we start our show today, because we are going to have a little bit of fun. We're going to talk about king cakes, which, you know, I, I love some king cakes, and I don't love all of them. I don't love the real gooey things, but I love a new one that I came across that the Noka kids are making. And I was so excited about it. I, we're going to have some fun with that. But we have some serious talk to cover, first of all, and, and that is about what's going to be happening this spring. So, obviously, we're just going into carnival season, which is, thank God for carnival season. And I always say the most important reason why I live in New Orleans and not my hometown of New York is that right about now in, in, in New York, it is torture. It is cold subway platforms. I mean, bone chilling. It is walking in slush. It is overheated steam apartments. I mean, it's just gray, dark early, dark late, just torture. Here, it is the beginning of the carnival season. And and that, I'm not, a, you know, like a real, you know, to my bones and blood Mardi Gras fan, but good enough, you know, to have a party, a long party season instead of all that yuck that's up there. So this is a great time. However, we do have a legislative session coming up. I don't know the exact date that it's going to start, but Rosalind Cook, who is the president of the League of Women Voters and has a ton of PR and academic credentials. I'm not going to go into all of it because... What's more important is to hear what she she's going to tell us, because we've got a kind of slightly complicated issue we need to cover. But it's so important that I really want you to try to tune in and stay with us on this, because the kind of politics that we're having to deal with in this state that has become so heavily one-sided in the politics in Baton Rouge of who controls the legislature, not unlike what's going on in Washington, um, there's reasons for that. And one of the reasons has to do with the way the district, the voting districts are drawn. And they can be what's called gerrymandered. I'd love to know that where that term comes from. It was uh, a terminology uh, that looked like a salamander, the way that some of the lines were drawn. And oh, where the salamander <laughs> squiggles around. Correct. Oh, and as you know, some of the districts are very, right. very strange looking. We so, used to have the Zorro district. Yeah, so what, so what they do is they draw the districts in such a way that one or another party can dominate it. And in the state right now, in our state, it's it's the Republicans that are dominating the districts. And, you know, I just want to make clear, because I have lately kind of been more uh, revealing of my own personal politics than I uh, normally would be, but I'm just so horrified by what's going on. But I, I have voted Republican, and I have respect for the, the bedrock Republican philosophy that's pro-business. There's nothing wrong with pro-business. There's really nothing wrong with it. What's what what's wrong is not understanding the needs of the other side of that coin, and that is us working folks out here. So, yes, that's correct. You and know, it, it, when it becomes more one-sided and you can't get any bills actually passed to really help individual people, it becomes quite frustrating. <laughs> so, um, 
What we want to talk about today is something you can do something about. There are certain things you can't do a lot about, but there are things you can do something about. And, and gerrymandered districts is something we can do something about. And guess what it has to do with? You're never going to guess this, although once we talk about it, it you're going to see the reasoning behind it. But we're going to see that the, the districting that imbalances things is also related to the census. So it may seem unbelievably boring to deal with getting those census forms in, but they're so important because they affect districting. So, Rosalind, give us a, a real sort of short history of, of how gerrymandering has become so problematic in the state of Louisiana. Well, it's not only the state of Louisiana. Oh, of course, and of course as you said, in the state of Louisiana, we, of course, uh, are somewhat controlled by the Republican Party right now, not the New Orleans area, but in other states that have a predominantly Democratic uh, legislature, such as uh, Maryland, that in that case, the lines are being drawn in favor of the Democratic Party. And, of course... Although we're not supposed to have partisan uh, districting, it certainly does happen because in most states it is the state legislature that decides on how the boundaries, how the lines are drawn. Uh, there are different ways that they could be drawn. There's computer models that could do it. Uh, a very few states have like commissions that do it that supposedly are nonpartisan, and uh, whether they appoint it by the governor, which, of course, can be somewhat partisan in that way. But, of course, we do have, like most of the states, it's strictly by the state legislature. And, of course, the state legislature in Louisiana is controlled by the Republicans. So now. let me just ask you this. If you were to draw the map in a fair and more balanced way. Has that been done so you could actually look at that map superimposed as in kind of like a, a ghost overlay or a translucent overlay over the way the districts are now? That would be very revealing. I'm sure somebody's done that, It right? would be, and, and academics oftentimes will do models, and uh, that would be a, a probably a much fairer way. In fact, when I was at the University of New Orleans, my major professor was considered an expert witness in drawing lines or redistricting. And, of course, as we said, there are all ways to do it. Uh, but typically in most states it ends up being a very, very partisan exercise. But, but what I'm suggesting is that if we could see that visually, sometimes you know that expression of a picture is worth a thousand words. Correct. So if, if you have a picture that showed you maybe one or two different models of what would be a balanced way of drawing the districts, and you overlay that over the way it is it now. Is. That would, And then people could actually see what district they're in and how a district becomes so Republican that only a Republican can get voted right, in that right. district. And so there's a reason why we're a very red state. Correct, yeah, because the, the politicians are selecting their voters rather than the voters selecting their representatives. And, of course, 
One of the things we can do is become more active to make our legislators know that we're watching. Uh, it's not an easy exercise because in the, oftentimes in the end they're going to do what's beneficial to the individuals that are up there already. Uh, but we can somewhat, uh, Put the pressure on. Put the, you know, right, put the pressure on. We're around the country, this, the, despite this era that we're in where we are so dominated by the intransigence of one party um, who everybody keeps saying they're afraid of this guy in the White House. I just, I don't understand that to save my life. I mean, I do, but I really just don't. That's just so, I, I, I don't know. I don't want to go there. But, um what what can so what can people do let's let's do the one two three four five here's what if you care about being able to get a more balanced legislature so that some of the issues that we really need to address in the state protecting health care insurance for one um, protecting uh, the rights of of working people to be able to uh, have representation. Um, to, to deal with all of the uh, community issues that um, we don't really necessarily have a chance to express ourselves on because you think that we control them at the city level, but no, it's really controlled at the state the level. The state is probably the most important to work with, with our state legislatures. is probably somewhat challenging in Louisiana. Other states have ballot initiatives and referendums that can be put on a ballot and brought to the voters. We do not have that. We can't do that? No, we but don't. Because of our Constitution? Because of the state Constitution. So we'd actually so we need, need a constitutional to, change. We, for that, right, right. So we actually have to go to our legislators. First, I would say is that the public needs more information. And that is an effort that many organizations are trying to work on. Because as you said, many individuals think that it's very, very complicated. And perhaps they're busy with their own lives and they, they don't take the time to understand how it works or to reach out to legislators and let the legislators know how they're thinking. Okay, uh, I've got to put you on the spot. Mm-hmm. Um, you're calling a legislator who is in, uh, let's say, a district that you're in that is a gerrymandered district, Mm -hmm. and you are not happy with it, let me hear your pitch. You're talking to a legislator. Well, I would try to suggest that we would have better government if we did not have such partisanship. Such now, that argument is not going to go very far. With <laughs> no, it's not going to go with. So let me hear another <laughs> argument that would work better than that one. Well, as of, of course, we. Now, you're talking to a legislator. Okay. Okay. So this is like a little rehearsal okay. to really help people understand. Because I don't know. I don't know what how I if I had to call my legislator, I don't really know what I would say. In 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 our area, in our district, we have it. You know, uh, representative so and so, you will know that they will probably listen to you a bit more than if you in parts of northern Louisiana and you feel that you're not being represented. Uh, 
it's very difficult because if you go in even to the state capitol and try to talk to some of the legislators in the hallway, you'll realize very soon that they're not going to, you're not going to go too far with them. So the best thing is try to do some sort of compromise. And here it would take Representative so-and-so, could you please work with your fellow cohort uh, and come up with maps that we feel, we the people feel, are more fair? I would go a little further than that. Again, going back to those map, those alternative maps, mm-hmm. you know, I, I would want to go up to him with those maps in my hands. And I said, you see, here I am. This is where I live. And I'm in this district, but in this district, you've drawn it so that the majority are Republican. And there's no way that a Democrat who might represent me and my philosophy better can get elected. Do you, Senator X, do you really feel that is fair? fair? (laughs) You know, again, I don't think they really care about fair right now. It it is, it's it's all about power. That's what's happening in Washington. That's what's happening here. But maybe just if enough people, and that's always the other thing. That's the situation. We need numbers numbers. to make the the representatives aware uh, that we are knowledgeable, as you said, of what the map looks like and perhaps what a fair map would look like. Which brings us around to that other sort of strange connection with this other issue that most of us don't take very seriously, but we should, and that's the census. So how does the census play into this issue? Well, of course, as the Constitution says, every individual needs, and it does not say every citizen, it's every individual that lives in the United States needs to be counted every 10 years. And we do have to make individuals aware of the importance of being counted. Not only does it is it a matter as far as your representatives, how many representatives you have, and then, of course, consequently, of who your representatives are and how they draw the districts, but it also money. Uh, the federal funding depends, of course, on how many individuals live in a particular area. So without a doubt, being counted on the census is so important to us as individuals, as a community, and particularly as a state. But I can think of not too many things more boring than having to sit down and do a (laughs) census form. You know, I I told you I had this woman come to our house to do a census with us, and I thought that was the census, and you uh, informed me that that was probably some kind of a preview. So uh, now I have to go through it again, but... um, I mean, I'll do it. I'll do whatever it takes to, yes, to try to change. We have to get the, the word numbers. out that we have to do whatever we, even though we don't like doing it. Perhaps you know now there, uh, you can. It can be done online. It can. Uh, okay. It can Is be. it e- relatively easy? It's much easier. Don't give me something hard to do online now. <laughs> Ask no, anybody who works with me. That's, no. and, and one of the problems is, too, with the state of Louisiana, because of the lack of funding, many states actually put quite a bit of funding into their census. Uh, into promoting. Writing, it. promoting the census. Mm-hmm. 
In fact, in Louisiana, it seems like we have less promotion now. But you know what? Uh, and you know this, Rosalind, because I know you know your PR business. If you if you walked into the offices of all of the news directors in the state and said, you need to help us with this, you need to do a campaign, you need to be the media sponsor in your area that will get this word out, they'll do it. They I, I, During the holidays, you know, when the advertising is off, Oh, my God, how many times did I have to watch those poor little doggies in the SBCA ads? Oh, my God. If I had to watch one more, I mean, it was just making me just my heart weep. I had to, like, not had to turn them off. So they will do public service announcements. You just have to kind of beat the drum with them. And that's one reason because, as I said, the cutbacks in the personnel in census individuals here in Louisiana, but they're trying to reach out to different organizations, and they have reached out to the league and to many other organizations and businesses to try to work with them. And again, as you suggested, PR is very, very important in getting the word out and getting uh, information to individuals so that they do understand the importance. And our social media opportunities now are just they endless. And, right. Uh, I mean, I, I run a, uh, a voting number of days left to Election Day in my newsletter every week. But uh, I'm going to try to figure out how to add something about the census. That would be great. That would be and, great. And there's so many people who put out blogs and or just put stuff on Instagram. If we had all those people doing it. Um, that I mean, that's what happened in the, uh, in the election that uh, uh, turned the House over. Just a lot of young folks finally got off their behinds and got out there and voted and, and spread the word. Correct, correct. And uh, if I know, if you are interested, organizations are interested, uh, they can call the regional office of the census and have someone come out to speak with groups too. Sometimes, you know, some people react well, to social media, some people need more human contact. Yeah, yeah. That, uh, I, I'll go for that, too. Um, before we run out of time, can you give me just a, a, a quick little checklist of other major issues that are going to come up in this session that we need to be paying attention to, just two or three of the top um, issues? Well, of course, uh, the Medicaid expansion, although we have it here in, in Louisiana, I would say we have to keep our eyes and ears out on what's happening. It, right? yeah. The Republicans and, are trying to cut that. Oh, correct, correct. You cut that. People are already paying high, what do you call them, deductibles, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and so it, it, thank God we have it, but it isn't what we need. We need better, but they're trying to make it worse. Right, and the, and the gap of individuals that then did with the executive order that uh, Governor Edwards signed when he was first elected, put many, many people on Medicaid expansion. However, I've heard that there are 4,000 less this year. And it could be that people have become a bit frightened uh, to actually because of uh, the suggestion of fraud. And we, we we have to... be informed and know what actually is happening and that we can't uh, fall to some scare tactics that some groups will try to use uh, to hurt 
individuals that actually need services. So there are people out there trying to say that there are too many people who are signing up who maybe are not really eligible, and that could be scaring people who actually are eligible, but they're afraid that they might. Correct. Uh, that's not good. No, it's not good. <laughs> that's not good. That's good. That's not good. As they say in Jarmusch's movie, that, that ain't going to end well. Right, right. <laughs> we get around that. Oh, what else? What's up? What's up that's coming? Uh, we, the League of Women Voters, and, and through the National League, and there's the the uh, the project that has this Fair Maps initiative. Uh, we are working towards that throughout the state of Louisiana, different chapters and different regions. And on February the 14th, uh, there'll be a luncheon at Andreas. And f- even before that time, we're going to... Andreas is in Metairie? Correct, correct. Mm-hmm. And uh, before that, we're going to have more information sessions. Why do we have the census? What is the census? How is it calculated? Why is it important? Uh, how do... How does funding get to the states? Uh, what does it? How does it have to? What does it have to do with reapportionment? And of course, as we know, Louisiana over the decades have lost numbers of representative. And it's not because Louisiana has lost population; it's because other states have gained more. Oh. So we have to make sure that every individual mm-hmm. is counted, and and that, of course, is very, very important. We don't want to end up losing another representative, a U.S. representative. Yeah, and I, and I know we have our share of, of immigrants, and, and hopefully uh, many of them are working hard at, at getting uh, legal status, but um, I'm sure that's a, another issue because we gained so many people who came to help during the reconstruction after Katrina. Correct. I mean, I watched the complexion of my area uh, change. You go to a grocery store somewhere in mid-city and you know, there's a whole new uh, group of people, and um, hopefully, um, I'm sure there are plenty of un- undocumented folks in that group, and I, I hope but everybody's it is, working yeah, hard to get it's very, very important, though, for everyone to be counted. And yeah. again, uh, I think the fear element comes into play here, too. Oh, yeah. We know, of course, yeah, that... Look, <laughs> if they can chase a guy out of the country who, who basically uncovered some shady construction practices that helped take down the hard rock. They deported that guy. If they could deport a guy like that who was trying to be a hero and do the right thing, oh. Well, all right, we're going to fight. We have to work on that census. And it's not that bad, really. I no, mean, it's I not. Do no, it. no. It's, it's, it's not that big a deal. It doesn't take that long to do. It's it does maybe, not. I don't know, no. 10, 15 minutes, really. We were pretty much finished. finished with it. Of course, with we had it, a yeah. woman who was was you know, helping you with it. I, but maybe that's something people can can they ask to have somebody come? You can have people assist you with it, and many many of the organizations are trying to work with individuals uh, that have questions or In that would honesty, like some help. That made a big difference for us because we were not paying attention. Mm-hmm. And when she came in and worked with us, she said, "Okay, I guess we got to do this. Somebody in our living room." Uh, Rosalind, thank you so much. Listen, uh, feel free to stay in touch and and let us know when there are some critical moments that we need to, you know, 
uh, blow the horns and, and get folks to pay attention. And if there are individuals that are interested in working on projects such as that, uh, Joyce Corrington with the local league is and our representative. Voters. Right, uh-huh. which uh, her email would be uh, J-O-Y-C-E. C-O-R-R-I-N-G-T-O-N at uh, hotmail.com. Let's go to what's your website for League of Women Voters. The, That's it's easier. the initials League of Women Voters of New Orleans dot org. Okay. Dot org. And they can find her through there, right? Uh, they can find our office, and yes, we can put them in I touch. Think that's, uh, right. Yeah, because they're never, they're never going to remember all that spelling. <laughs> okay, thank you so thank much. Thank you. Listen, uh, uh, let's make let's make some progress in 2020. Yeah, we we're working on it, and we hope all others will work on it also. Thank you so much. Thank you, Rosalind. Okay, this is serious stuff, folks. Census redistricting. I know you had some of you were probably snoring right through that, but it's really important. You really got to pay attention. It can make a difference. It can really make a difference. Thank, Thank you. you. Okay, guys, now back to fun. All right, so, you know, I, I had some surgery uh, before the holidays, and so I was kind of in um, la-la land somewhere in my mind. I, I just tuned everything out and said, okay, I'm just not doing anything. I'm just going to lollygag away and, and recover and then there was Twelfth Night. Okay, so was I going to stay home for Twelfth Night? Not exactly. So I hooked myself up and and had a friend, Julie Shipley, who you know, um, who uh, took me over to, to the um, Bywater Bakery where they have this humongous street party around selling the first big batch of of king cakes, and um, they had some amazing kick cakes. Of course, the woman who's the chef there is the inventor of the Chantilly cake that they sell at Whole Foods. So she, of course, not surprisingly, has created a Chantilly um, uh, king cake, and, and so that was tempting. And then she had a savory version, a, a crawfish. I had to get my hands on that. And then Julie told me about this amazing thing, um, that Will here has done called the King Cake Depot. King Cake Hub. Huh? King Cake Hub. Hub, hub, right. I, I, I've, I've been saying depot no for depot. some reason. I invented your own, my new name for you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, I don't want to have to change the website and everything like that. Uh, All of my marketing I'm, material I'm is done. It's, it's King Cake Hub. So, um, and, and of course, this is New Orleans. So where else would you put something like that? But right next to an old mortuary near the cemetery. I mean, it's New Orleans. Where else would you put it? What next in a in a, in a shopping mall? I don't think so. Oh, no. So I call this a creative industries unicorn. This is going to be the next best thing to come down the pike. And um, Will, who is the uh, inventor, is going to tell us a little bit about that. And one of the one of the king cakes that I discovered there that I didn't know existed was one that's been developed at NOCA by the faculty and students there. And and when I walked up in there, right facing me were the samples, and I, of course, had to have one. And it turns out to be the old, I call it the old French style, and I don't know if that's fair, but it definitely is European. And um, that's my favorite, you know, with the <laughs> almond paste and this had, and satsuma, I love anything with satsuma flavoring, especially in old fashioned, of course. But I mean, this is, this is second best almost to a, to a it's competitive with a, with an old fashioned. <laughs> so, uh, I, I have, um, a gentleman here, uh, Mr. Reed from, 
uh, uh, Richard Reed from NOCA, and he's going to talk about what's happening there, not only with that, but the whole culinary program at um, at NOCA. And I think it's real important for kids in the city to know about this because this is, of course, an important career track. But let's start with the um, hub. Hub. Well, <laughs> you're on. Okay. Well, so, thank you. So I appreciate it. The other day we talked about this, and I was trying to figure out where in the hell did that idea come from because that is crazy. <laughs> thank you. Well, it was uh, – <laughs> Thank you, he says. You don't do things the normal way necessarily. It stemmed from – Let's see. I guess it's now nine years ago when we started making king cakes for La Dolce Nola, which was a gelato shop that we had in Ometary. Uh And it has kind of evolved from uh, making and selling king cakes there to our time at Pizza Nola, which was our Lakeview restaurant that we had. We call it a, a pizza nola of blessed memory that we had up until uh, March of a couple of years ago. And we were in partnership with a bakery that Charmaine Nameless out in New Orleans East uh, for, for several years uh, until things went a little haywire a couple of years ago. Uh, and then after Pizza Nola was closed, we announced that uh, it was happening. We're closing the restaurant. Uh, we had a disappointing carnival season. A couple hours after I sent the press release, I got an email from Gambino's, and they said, we would love to work with you. We haven't had a distribution in Arlene's Parish since 2006. We can get you however many king cakes you need. And I was like, hmm, that's an interesting concept. Uh, and then wheels kind of just started turning. I had always wanted to work with Heido Bakery, and we reached out to them very soon after, and we had a conversation with Bywater, and then over the course of 2018, it just started kind of developing. And in the article about our closing, Ian McNulty had said, in recent years, Pizza Nola has become a king cake hub of sorts uh, over Carnival. And I was like, hmm, king cake hub. That's a really good name. <laughs> Jumped on, uh, snagged the website and the social media and like, there you go. That's what it's going to be. And over 2018, we were focusing on developing the concept, bringing new uh, partners on board, developing uh, the bakeries. And then we launched... Um, I guess a year ago yesterday on King's Day in, in 2019, and we had a really good first season, and we're excited about the current season. So I, I, I've read in your materials <coughs> that there are actually, is this true, 50? There are over 50 different varieties of king cakes, which is a little nutty, including several that are exclusive to the King Cake Hub. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, it's a little overwhelming, especially we get a lot of tourists that come in and they have no idea what it, what a king cake is. And it's just, it's just really overwhelming. It's like, where do we start? A lot of people will come in and they'll have their, their, their favorites and just, they'll like, okay, well, it's January 6th. We know we've got to get this one. And then they start experimenting with other and exploring with others. Like, well, I've heard really good things about this one. I've heard really good things about this one. And I really want to try the French style. And I really want to try the no I really want to try the king cake nuggets. So it, uh, there's a lot of, a lot of king cake exploration there. Okay. So let, let's go into some of these because the names are, uh, I mean, in and of themselves, so much fun. Yes. The Epiphany. And this is from Gambinas. Is this traditional with cream cheese or praline? There is there are several versions of Epiphany. Epiphany was our top seller last year. This was a brand new product that Gabino's made exclusively for us. It was a brioche dough with a cream cheese buttercream icing. So we were kind of 
combining mm. the 70 years of history that Gambino's has done with something brand new, everybody's new favorite icing, into this great new product. And so last year was the debut of that. It was our top seller. And this year we're like, all right, well, what can we do something a little bit different? And so we have several new flavors of Epiphany. We have cream cheese flavor, cream cheese filled Epiphany. We have a praline filled Epiphany. And tomorrow, for a lucky few, we'll have some Nutella filled Epiphany available only tomorrow, only at King K Cup. What do you mean by a lucky few? You mean you have to get there? Yes, we had it, and we have it as part of our King Cake Coterie, which is our King Cake of the Week club. That every week they get an exclusive King Cake developed by uh, one of our partner bakeries. So we'll have a, a few extra available for sale of the Nutella Epiphany, okay. and everybody else in the Coterie received it today. We'll go into the Coterie letter. High Dough Bakery has cream cheese, Bavarian cream, chocolate cream cheese, um, and then Canada's, which I never heard of, has gooey butter snickerdoodle, Houdat gooey butter berry cream cheese, and the Canada cannoli. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'll tell you something about that snickerdoodle cake. We were exploring kind of to see what are the best king cakes from around the region, what are people talking about, who's winning awards. And I came across Canada's, and I had never heard of Canada's. They're based Where out of Hom- Homa. They're in Homa and Morgan City. Uh, but you get them in from there? Yeah, they deliver every day. Uh, and <clears throat> I was doing some research, and then we, I saw they had won the King Cake Festival um, in 2018, the People's Choice Award. And I reached out to them just to say, hey, you know, this is what I'm thinking of doing. And they brought me a sample of the gooey butter snickerdoodle. And I had one bite, and it was just like, wow, this is unbelievable. It sounds very sweet, though. It's very sweet. Yeah, that's the only thing. But it's great. It's it's good. It's really tasty. The one from Noka, which we'll talk about in just a minute because it's not quite that sweet. Dragon Claw. Dragon Claw. This is made its debut yesterday. Kaluta's is making it for us. Where's Kaluta's? Kaluta's out of River Ridge. Uh huh. So Dragon Claw is a laminate Danish dough, flaky like a croissant, with a cream cheese icing. It is a great cake. This was another thing where he gave uh, – we were testing out some samples, and he was like, wow, this is crazy. And it's made with butter, not margarine. So if what my description was sounds a lot like a different king cake that's out there currently and also very popular, Dragon Claw is even better than that because it is made with butter. Yeah, butter's butter's everything. The uh, Bywater Bakery, of course, they have the <coughs> Carnival, the Chantilly. And again, she is the woman who created the Chantilly cake at, at um, Whole Food. And so I haven't, I bought it. I haven't tasted it yet, but I know it's going to be good. Yeah. I just know it's going to be good. Let um, me tell you something about Bywater. The new, their, their newest king cake, it's an Azul Dolce blueberry made with, with, with local blueberries. It is phenomenal. It is, I mean, I, we had a sample of it yesterday, and it is now in, like, my top pantheon of King really? Cakes. And I shouldn't say, like, oh, I have favorites because it's like saying what a favorite child is, who a favorite child is. But this uh, blueberry King Cake that Bywater has I is I could have just... gotten that. I didn't realize that it was going to be fresh. If I'd known it was fresh blueberries. And, yeah, you know, there were so many people online. I just happened to hit the line when it wasn't <laughs> so bad. And here I am with my cane, so I couldn't really wait around. But, um, okay, I'm going to go have to get that one. Girls Gone Vegan. So for, okay, all you vegan folks, we actually have vegan king cakes, filled flavors, available Thursdays through Sunday, pre-order, strongly recommended, traditional lemon, excuse me, lemon lavender, 
cherry chips, strawberry and cream, rum raisin, banana nut, apple pecan, caramel mocha. <laughs> Those what, are tasty. what can you add to that? Yeah, she does. They do some very tasty flavors. They really do have some creative desserts, uh, especially working to those that have certain dietary needs. Uh, they do a really good job. And at where, are they, where are they located? Uh, they they don't have necessarily a brick and mortar location, but do they mostly an online presence? But they're also available in a lot of the stores and specialty shops. Okay, um, Noka. So here we go, Noka. <laughs> so and and we'll we'll do a part two on Noka because I'm going to go through this list. And I think we have enough time. How, how did how did this happen? That that y'all figured out that you should make a king cake and put it out on the market. Well, we'd actually. Or this, I say this we. This is Richard just, speaking. Richard Reed. <laughs> yes. Hi. Who does communications for Noka. Hi. Um, so the the students in the culinary arts program and the faculty there are uh, well. They obviously love baking. They love cooking. They love doing all that sort of thing. That's one of the reasons that the kids are in the program is because it's the sort of thing that brings them joy. If you ever have the, if you're ever fortunate enough to score an invitation to the senior recital for culinary arts, all the other programs have Ooh, senior recitals where they get on stage and they read or they dance or they sing. The senior recital for culinary arts is a dinner. It's a buffet. It's a dinner that the, it's a fancy seated dinner. That the seniors put on for their the faculty, their and their friends and their family, and it's oh, a so it's, it's a not open to the public. It's not open to the public. You got to know somebody. Am I the public? Well, I think we are all. Sadly, I have never scored an invitation, and I've been <laughs> I've been there for a while. That's not they should fair. Let you that's, that's unfair. Um, but the 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 point is that they they bake because they love baking. It also happens to be a great way to make money. We used to have once upon a time a um, a pie of the month club, so they would do pies every month. And I wish I'd known them. about that because that pies is that's where my, my heart is. That was it, pies. it was it was great and it was great for most of us. It was not so great for our wardrobes because we couldn't really fit in many things after the year was over. Um, <laughs> the king cake came about. I pretend if, that pies are a good thing because they're fruit. <laughs> well, yeah, Sh- sure. You get a few basic food groups represented in those. <laughs> Um, the king cakes came about, if I remember correctly, because uh, there was a farm on the West Bank that was loaded up with satsumas, and they didn't have any way to – they didn't have any use for them. And so wow. they called up uh, Chef Dana Tui and um, uh, Jesse Gellini, chef, who are um, sort of in charge so of that program. this year? This was, this no, this was a couple of – this was a couple of years ago. Of years ago okay. And they had – they and the students uh, went out and – picked the satsumas and decided that they would make king cakes. And so for a year or two, we did it retail. We did sales online and people would pick up. And then last year, we were like, the demand is so strong. We think that these are ready for prime time, for shelves, rather than just selling directly to people. And we we have a very limited distribution, but uh, a devoted following, I'm happy to say. And Will is a great supporter and has been. Last year was our first. Well, he just opened last year. So uh, thank you for that. Uh, we're also at uh, Dornax and we're at the Langensteins Uptown and the one on Metairie Road. So uh, it's been a great way for the kids to experiment. You know, it's a, um, as you said, it's a pastry king cake as opposed to the brioche king cakes that you see a lot. Oh, is that how you characterize it? Yeah. That's how I would, because it's got a. It's, it's got, definitely different. It has um, 
What? The, how do you describe that kind it's, of a dough? It's a well, it's a it's a pastry dough, so it's layered. So it's more like a croissant dough. Right. Um, so it's done. And that's if you, what I like. If you do it properly, yeah. it's you know it's dough and butter and dough and butter and sort of a layer, and then you put it in the oven and it all expands beautifully. Yeah, and um, it doesn't have quite so much, um, you know, sugary uh, um, frosting, which I like, but uh, I prefer. Um, the the uh, almond paste interior of the, uh, of the it's a it's a little it's a little subtler, but um, the pastry does most of the work. It's it's what you're there for. Yeah. The sats don't get me wrong. The satsumas and almonds are a great thing to have, but yeah. the pastry dough is fantastic. I love that thing. So we'll come back and talk a little bit sure. more about Noka's culinary program in just a minute. Um, but let's let's finish the list. So um, Kaluta's, and I never heard of Kaluta's either. And we're talking about plain cream cheese, praline, raspberry cream cheese, lemon, strawberry cream cheese, Bavarian. I, I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to torture everybody who's listening. That's a good right? Kaluta is <laughs> actually, if you have been to Jazz Fest, it's the same uh, as as cottage catering. So they have the white chocolate bread pudding at Jazz Fest and the crawfish strudel. Which are two of oh, my, uh, okay. my my, yeah, my favorite those. dishes over yeah. there. Yeah, and it's uh, basically uh, part of. In a sense, the Randazzo's family. Uh, uh-huh. the, 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 the story can be traced back to, to the Randazzo's family. So it's hmm. a very similar king cake. For those that like Randazzo's, they would, they would love the Kalutas. Um, big boys. Ooey gooey's. <laughs> yeah, this is, if you've seen in the grocery stores. Let's it, call it what it is, folks. Ooey gooey. Yeah, it's a little gooey square. They have a lot of, they have a lot of different varieties in, in, in the grocery store. Uh, and this is a king cake version of it. Uh, it's a little three inch square. Uh, they say it feeds a couple, but it really feeds one in one sitting, uh, cause you'll, you'll wolf it down. We've had, actually had a lot of success this year in our two days of this season, uh, with the, with the mini king cakes, with the individual king cakes. And we'll have the, the big boys, uh, starting tomorrow, uh, but Kaluta's is making a mini for us. Gambino's is making a mini. We have uh, the mini Snickerdoodles from Canada's, and also Sugar Love out of Slidell that's joining us uh, on a full time throughout the season this year. King they, cake on a stick yeah. and king cake nuggets and king cake bread pudding. These things are great. <laughs> at, we saw them for the first time at the King Cake Festival. And we saw these little nuggets, and we were like, this is a great idea. It's like, we have got to bring you all on board. It's these little bites of king cake, like a chicken nugget, only it's king cake. And there's a dipping sauce, like Ooh. chicken nuggets, but they're king cake dipping sauces. So there's Bavarian, and there's strawberry, there's cream cheese. They're really great little thing. Individuals, a perfect little individual snack. I'm going to have to check out that, because one of the things that I love are donut holes. So yeah. whenever I have an opening, I do openings at the Crevasse 22 Riverhouse down in St. Bernard where we have a big art facility, mm-hmm. and I always serve a great big bowl of um, the donut holes, and I eat about half of them. So it's not a good thing, but, I mean, because I like the ones that are jelly in the inside and powdered sugar on the outside, like little mini jelly donuts. Yes. Only they just, and the, the beauty of it is you can stop. You know, you don't have to eat a whole big one, right? I mean, not that I do, but you can. So, okay, I got that. Now, here's uh, Zapardo's Death by Chocolate. Yes. So Zapardo's, 
the and pumpkin cannoli and blueberry lemon chantilly also. But yeah, both of those were award winners at the 2018 King Cake Festival. Now the King Cake Festival takes place where and when? Well, and blah, it, blah blah blah. It's one of those ain't there no more things. We just found out. Oh. Yeah, they're no longer. They're not going to be doing it any longer. I don't know oh. why because it was so a great you're, so event. You're the King Cake Festival now. Basically, every day is a King Cake Festival. The King Cake Hub. Okay. Uh, yeah, they. I'm not. I'm not sure why they they canceled it. So. We have several of the Putting retiring champions. Putting on a festival champions. is a lot of work. I mean, yeah. I do a little pie festival now in association with opening up our, our thing. Down I can tell you it's a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. And what you do is a lot of work, getting pies, from, uh, getting your king cakes from all over. Because when we go to getting our pies from all over, it's it's work. Mayhew Bakery, brand new in our part of town, mid-city. I, I just heard the name, like, for the first time a couple of weeks ago, maybe it was in the papers or something. What's that all about? So this is he, he just opened up a new bakery on Arlene's near the American Can Company. And the last year or so, he was operating out of just like a pickup window, real small catering kitchen on Nursery in Old Metairie. So he would only make a few cakes per day. He'd have a line down the block. Uh, it's one of those things that you just kind of like a, a king cake speakeasy where you have to know when and where. So he would be opening up at like, you know, 2 p.m. certain days of the week. And you got to kind of know about it. There'd be a line, but it's a great king cake. We had it and it became <coughs> one of our personal favorites just in, in, in my house. Not that we, we weren't selling it. Uh, and then when we found out that he was going to be expanding to uh, a larger bakery, we were like, hey, can we work this out where we can get some of your cakes? So we'll only have a few of them, but we're going to have some. It's actually uh, starting tomorrow. We'll have them available. Okay, great. And uh, let's take Sugar Love, you mentioned before, um, traditional king cake on a stick, the nuggets, the bread pudding. District, I've heard about, is District the one that's on Magazine Street? Uh, they have two locations, one okay. on Magazine Street and the other on Harrison in Lakeview. Well, uh, they're known for their donuts also, right? Yes, they do have very, very good donuts, very yeah. creative. Uh, and they've done a different kink cake every year. This year they're doing two. They're doing an old school one, which their attempt is to be like, you know, kind of the classic McKenzie style. So they have an old school and then they have a new school, which is uh, very elaborately decorated. And I think I, I haven't had that one yet, but we, you know, I think it's going to be their take on Sucre's uh on, on this on the Sucre King cake, which joins the pantheon of Ain't There No More. <laughs> I know. I, I don't understand what happened there at all. That's really kind I think of a that's shame. A, that's a whole different radio show. <laughs> okay. <on that> one. <laughs> all right. Okay. Well, Will Samuels. Um, I, as I say, I think it's this is what I call a creative industry unicorn. I have a feeling it's going to grow and grow. So, uh, folks, um, you, you better start thinking about uh, getting over there and try it out. And people can uh, check you out at the King Cake Hub dot com. Yes, just King Cake Hub dot com. Okay. No doubt. Just King Oh, did I put a dot in there? It says King Cake Yes, King Cake Hub dot com. Yes. Yeah. And uh, 4800 uh, Canal Street, literally, it's that great big sort of Greek revival looking building that was a mortuary that's right next to the cemetery. I mean, that's that's in and of itself is is, is, a, is a part of the, the fun of this. Yeah, now they have escape rooms, that, and, and they have five different very creatively themed escape rooms that run throughout the year, uh, Wednesdays through Sundays, all going on inside while we're outside. You have some material on that that is out during the King Cake event? Uh, we will have some flyers for them. Okay, um, yeah. that's cool. All right, let me come back to... Um, the culinary program at uh, NOCA because I didn't know you had one, in all honesty. I mean, that's crazy, right? But there's so much. Clearly, I'm not doing my job. Well, no, <laughs> to be fair, I, I have so much that I have to do with very little staff and very little money. <laughs> 
you know, I was listening to a uh, call the friends of um, uh, Doug first to try to track down who I should talk to. And they were listing, if you want to talk to so-and-so, and I counted up and I said, okay, seven staff members. Mm. <laughs> I don't want to go to where, how many I have. Anyway, so <laughs> how did the, tell me more. So Emerald uh, Lagasse's foundation uh, helped you, but clearly somebody had the idea and was working on making this happen before you got some money from them, right? Well, it was a, it was sort of a, a joint um, sort of a, one of those moments where two uh, two like-minded organizations sort of find each other and poof, things sort of take off from there. It was in the first uh, the first session, the first classes that we held were in 2007. So it's right after the storm. Everybody's thinking a little outside the box. We're thinking a little creatively. We've got to remake the city. Can we make it better? Can we do things differently? And so... They approached us about this idea um, and mm-hmm. to do it as a summer program. So mm-hmm. NOCA has a, a three- or four-week summer program, and so we offered culinary, um, culinary classes to, uh, to the kids taking part in the summer program. And it was a huge hit. Mm-hmm. And we did that for another few years. And then in 2011, in the fall of 2011, we launched it as a full-time program, and we worked very closely with Chef Emeril and his foundation, Emerald Lagasse Foundation, uh, and his alma mater, Johnson & Wales, in um, Rhode Island. And Johnson & Wales is kind of a big deal culinary institute, right? It is right? a very yeah. big deal. Um, yeah. And they helped us build a curriculum like they'd never built before, a high school curriculum that um, would train kids over the course of four years and give them an outrageously solid background in the culinary arts. So when they walked out, they could get a job where they could go on and do additional training. Uh, it's it's certainly on par with the training that kids in other programs receive. So. so it's so important that we make sure that our kids get to share in the strengths and the high points of our city so that they can both get a job here, but also they can get a job anywhere based on what we're known for. They can say that they came out of a culinary program in New Orleans. I mean, you don't have to say much more than that. And and that kid has um, a value and an attraction that is going to help he or she um, get opportunities that would not otherwise be available to them. Absolutely. New Orleans looks, I mean, when it comes to food or almost anything, New Orleans looks great on a resume. Um, And I've seen the kids that have come out of this program. Some of them have stayed here and worked for Chef Emeril and other chefs of note. Um, some of them go on to school, culinary school in New York or in Europe. Um, they're kind of all over the place. They've just begun to multiply. And even though it's one, it's the newest uh, arts program that we have, it, it's doing gangbusters. It's great. So, so um, of course, we have Noki now, too. And so uh, is there any kind of a tie-in between Noka and, and Noki? For anybody who doesn't know about Noki, it's a um, – Again, it's a culinary-oriented program. It's in the building that was Artworks. Things didn't quite work out for Artworks. And um, and for a while, there was a kind of little transitional um, whiny moment. And then um, uh, T. Brennan comes in and says, okay, well, let's, let's do something here. And next thing you know, bam, it's uh, 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 happening there. So is there a connection? Uh, there is not a formal connection yet, but something actually just – there is something bubbling, which I hope 
maybe I'll come back on and have a I was just lengthier say, conversation. Since I raised about it and I asked the question, you better put me on your primo list. <laughs> okay, abs- for- absolutely. I should mention that if there's a student out there or a parent of a student who's interested in this culinary program, the deadline for applying is tomorrow. Oh. So Ouch. go online, nocca.com, apply. It's actually fairly quick, fairly simple, uh, but please apply either, and you can apply either for the 2020-2021 school year or for the summer 2020. This is so important. I want you to say that again, and not only – I, I don't imagine there are that many high school students who are listening to this program. Um, but their parents we, and their really, parents. I hope in the new, you know, our our, our uh, station is, is going through an ownership change. And I, it would be great if maybe one of the programs that comes in is, is literally geared to kids and, and working with kids. That would be fantastic. But let's make sure the moms and dads. Moms, dads, know grandparents. Know kids and grandparents know that their kids have a proclivity, have an interest in hanging out in the kitchen and cooking. And that's not every kid, but there there are those Here's the, so say that again. So, and don't forget, there are 10 other disciplines in addition to culinary arts. And they're all additions are all due tomorrow. All applications Applications. are due tomorrow. You can fill it out online. Uh, If you need some help, you can come into the front office and someone will help you fill it out. Um, But the application is due tomorrow. And if you feel like you're ready to take the full year plunge, apply for 2020, 2021. If you want just to sort of dip your toe in the water, just focus on the summer program for 2020. It's going to be a three-week session. It's a great way to get a feeling for what studying at NOCA is like. And it's a great way for parents to see, "Mm, is this something that I I really want to See my child. Uh, uh, what I want to encourage, right? How Perfect. competitive? How competitive is the culinary arts program? I asked for my daughter, who will be upset <laughs> if I didn't say reserve a spot for her in twenty twenty three, twenty four. <laughs> She's ready. Um, I would say that you know I don't get to sit in on the audition, uh, the auditions because I'm I'm just the marketing schlub. Um, but uh, I would say that all the auditions are competitive, but also. Uh, you know, it's the sort of thing that some kids probably know a little bit about when they walk in. Uh, a lot of the auditions at NOCA are as much about artistic ability and talent as they are about, say, maturity. You can be uh, you can be really, really talented, but if you don't have the maturity to begin training at that sort of conservatory environment, maybe you're not the best fit at the moment. Maybe you need to wait a year and come back. You know, um, and the reverse is also true. Uh, just to highlight what you just said, I, I I do have the habit of watching some of the big award shows like mm-hmm. the Golden Globes that were on this past Sunday night. Um, is a is a honestly, I watch them to see the gowns. Okay, kill me. <laughs> but um, then you hear a guy like Tom Hanks give a talk. I don't know if you saw this. Give a talk about. What it what it's like to to work on a set with the, with all of the other members of the team, both backstage and front of stage, who work together to make something happen. And I I was almost close to tears because it was all about the level of commitment that it takes to really achieve the levels that you can achieve if you work at that level of trying to do the best you can but also work with your team. 
and um, it, it was really interesting. If, if I'm sure it's on YouTube, and I don't remember where in the show it was because I fell asleep for part of it. <laughs> I, that's also it's a great lullaby to listen to the award shows. But uh, I happened to be awake for his part of it, and of course he had a standing ovation because he's, he talked to the professionals in the room and not the celebrities. Right. And that that's so important. Right. And I think that's also what NOCA is all about. It's, it's developing professionals. Absolutely, it's about. Even though we got a lot of celebrities who've come through there. Of course, but it's also it's about you know learning the process. And I would say that since we moved into the new campus, which by the way took place 20 years ago next week. Um, mm-hmm. th- Time flies, right? We have added additional programs um, that that speak to that very directly. So we have a program in theater design now. There may be kids who they don't feel like they want to be center stage. They mm-hmm. would rather uh, be a stage manager or they're, a lighting designer creators. or costume designer. Mm-hmm. All those sort of all those other members of the team that help mm-hmm. bring everything together. Mm-hmm. So we have a number of those sorts of programs to help students who feel like an attachment for the arts, but maybe not the one that a lot of people assume. That want to be out in front. Right. So once again, tell me the website that so people should go to. It's to NOCA.com, N-O-C-C-A.com. That's okay. where everything is. I, I, I want you moms and dads, um, grandmoms, aunts and uncles, sisters, brothers, you know you know the kids who like to hang around in the kitchen and make a gumbo or a king cake. I have <laughs> no idea what's involved in making a king cake. I can't. I can barely make a, a, The only thing I know how to do is an apple, um, uh, what do you call it, a um, crisp. Like a apple crisp? Mm. Not even a crumble, just a crisp. I don't like too much crumble. I like. I'll show you a cute picture here, which, which, we, can't, which we can't see on the radio because, well, that's the I'll nature, put it in my the nature of the medium. Week. But uh, you talked about, about kids making king cakes and uh, – this was one of my one of my favorites. Was my daughter uh, when we were at La Dolce Nola, This was uh, she would have been four at the time of making her first little oh mini king cake, and it's just one of my favorite pictures. Oh, that's awesome! Uh, share this you send that, that to me, and I'll put it in my newsletter for next week. Okay. I, I have a section of my newsletter called Scenes, mm-hmm. and we just throw everything but the kitchen sink into that. You ever have a picture? That uh, is, again, worth a thousand words. Send it on to me. I'll put it in the scene section. I love NOCA. I'm, I'm really proud of it in our city. I think it's been tremendously important, and not just because it's turned out a few, um, you know, Nicholas's and, and Harry's and, and Winton's and all those guys, but also a slew of other talent. In fact, I'd love to know more about how some of the other talent I'm sure you have some kind of statistics about where people are and what they're doing. I'd be very interested in that, and maybe we could do something on that in the newsletter. Sure. I'd love to come back and talk about it. Guess what? We're about out of time, and Jazz has been patiently waiting for me to close things up. So um, another creative over here, of course, whose day job is camping out with us, but who's got a lot of creative talent working and um, he should come and talk to your kids, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, because he's, he knows uh, a couple of those sides of the creative world. Um, listen, y'all, it is carnival. Let's have, a, let's have fun. And let's not do stupid things. And let's not get into fights with people. Let's just enjoy it. And um, I'll be back on next week. Gene Nathan, Crosstown Conversations on WVOK.